0: As a leader, building your team is one of the most important functions that you play. Ensuring the right people are in the right roles and moving or letting people go when it's the wrong fit is essential for you to build a high-performance team. I'm Jason Gore, and I'm here with executive coach Robert McNaughton.
1: Thanks, Jason. Uh, you know, as a as a manager, as a leader, this may be one of the most difficult things many of us ever have to do, Is uh, but it's also One of the more essential things that we ever have to do is just like when we're hiring someone for the right role, removing someone from an inappropriate role is essential for moving forward. You know,
0: I think it's important to say here that over time, what I see in startups is that they do get better hiring practices. And it gets easier because you hire better. That in the beginning, you know, that you hire poorly, the metrics are unclear. It's actually really hard to know whether people are performing or not. Yeah. Um, and so that makes this even harder. Once you get a little bit more mature, it's e- easier to set expectations, see if those expectations are not being met and move on more quickly. And over and over again, what I hear is leaders say, I should have followed my instinct. I, you know, and that goes all the way back to the hiring. Like I, They didn't feel right in the hiring process. They started working I never quite trusted them. They didn't quite perform. And then when they let them go, they're like, they're like, wow, I can't believe that actually we could get more done without that person. And then when they hire the right leader, they're like, oh my God, like yep. we're now really moving fast. And now, now I know what good looks like. I didn't know what good looked like before. So I was not sure. And, and I wish I had followed my gut earlier
1: yeah yeah i mean let's talk for a second about you know the cost further of you know to a leader in their team when they're not doing this well and and that's really like you just described it's, it's like we can get lost in confusion of like things don't seem like they're going right um, but they just keep moving forward and I'm not really sure what's going on as opposed to having the clarity of like when shared expectations have been broken, we do the necessary, sometimes difficult actions of, of moving someone around um, or letting them go. And then all of a sudden, it's like a breath of fresh air. It's like, okay, we, we were accommodating more than we needed to and now things are just operating more efficiently.
0: Yeah, the costs of having a low performer in place are really, really high. Yes. Um, let's just spell some of them out. So first of all, you have the lack of performance, right? So let's say that you're, you have a marketing person in place, right? And their marketing budget is 100000 a year, right? Let's assume just right off the bat that that budget is 50% effective, right? Let's assume that their team is 50% less effective, right? Because they're not se- sending people in the right direction. And so we, we have that, those costs, and those are hard costs. Yes. Um, but there's also some inside of that function, there's also the cost of people leaving. Yep. There's attrition costs. There's hiring costs. People you know, aren't, don't want to join the organization if you are if growing it. There's infrastructure costs. There's relationship to other peers. That's right. Right. That, you know, the cost
1: of someone who isn't performing organizationally and functionally is high. Culturally, there's all these insidious costs of the precedents, the bad precedents that are being set. Also, yeah, people seeing it's like, oh, well, this person can do whatever they want, and there's no consequence around that. Like, well, maybe I don't have to work that hard either. It just goes on exactly. and on. Uh, and that's what I, I want to say next is the cost to your high performers. Yes. Because everybody else now has to
0: fill in for those issues, right? And the, the high performers then, not only are they taxed more, but you have that resentment
1: that you're talking about, Robert, that gets built. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's a downward spiral. And it's something that has to be nipped in the bud. And I think, you know, of all the leaders that are listening to this conversation, you, you may have an example of this uh, in your mind. I know I have some where it, it, it wasn't long. It was just kind of like, you know, six months longer than it needed to be was in, in some ways devastating to our performance.
0: Totally. And you look at what is the most important thing to a startup? It's speed and efficiency. That's right. Right, and so not only do is it inefficient, which we just talked about, but what's the cost of six or nine months
1: to to a startup? It's really high. Yeah, and you know, I want to zoom out and say we're not always just talking about a bad apple here. That you know, sometimes it's it's really just a people appropriate for the right role that they're in. in right. Fast growth startups when we're going through different levels of funding, there's a completely different team that might be appropriate you know, at one stage of the startup versus another, and you know that you have to completely rebuild things. So this muscle yeah. really is essential. Um, and let's be really clear about
0: that. In startups, from seed through exit, the through successful exit, the average position is going to be filled by three different people. You're going right. to go through three complete management teams on average, right, to get to a successful exit. So you have to get really good at understanding when... The role has outpaced the individual, right? If you're shoot, if you're rooting for the underdog, and you're you know hiring people that are really kind of stretching or reaching, odds are they're not going to make it. You might have one or two in your original management team that do, and frankly, for co-founders too, odds are they're not going to all make it. Um, it's a difficult situation, especially with co-founders. Yeah it's a difficult situation with people that you're really rooting for, that you want to succeed. And if you can't, if they don't, the odds of them actually staying in the organization is low because they're going to, they're gonna, you know, they want to be the CMO. They want to be that C-suite or that VP position. Um, and so it's
1: really tough. Yeah. To these hard calls. Yeah, so it's clear that this is an essential practice, you know, if we want to be successful. So let's talk for a second about what gets in the way of people doing this. And it, to me, it boils down to two specific things. Um, one is not setting clear expectations, role expectations on the front end. So you don't have anything to actually measure against and actually know, um, you know, what's working or not working. It's just kind of like a felt sense that things aren't working. And then two, it simply is just conflict aversion, just, you know, avoiding difficult conversations because they, they're, they're hard and I'd rather not do it. So I keep deferring.
0: Yeah. And, you know, that's the one I see the most often is um, the, the conversations don't accelerate or escalate as quickly as they need to. And so the vast majority for, for new leaders, the vast majority of people that when they get, when they fire someone, the other person is surprised. It's out of the blue. They didn't see it coming. They knew that their leader wasn't satisfied, but like they couldn't believe that they were getting fired. Right. And that, to me, is really the failure of the leader and exactly yes. for the reasons you're talking about, Robert, because we either are putting our head in the sand um, around the metrics and not really realizing that this person is performing as badly as they are um, and we're not measuring and monitoring and you know setting up expectations or we're avoiding the conversation – or trying to soft pedal it somehow. Yeah. You know, we're trying to be friends with this person. They're our peer. In fact, maybe they were our previous peer and we got, you know, elevated above them. But we never get to the conversation of, you know, if this isn't fixed, then there's consequences. Yeah. Um, and that has to happen beforehand. So it's really hard to get to the place of you're fired.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you know, to use kind of a crude example, it's like I, I've been in organizations where there's just a job title and it's like, okay, we're hiring for the director of marketing, you know? And so we do all this work to find the right person, but then there's no rigor put into what does that actually mean? And what is that person actually responsible for? It's, oh, well, they're responsible for marketing. No, right. you know, so it's easy to drop the ball if we're just leaving things vague and the people that do this really well, the leaders that do this really well have a consistent intimate relationship with the role definitions, with the shared expectations of that role. And any time that there's a commitment missed, there's something that doesn't match up with reality, they're having those conversations. So it doesn't it doesn't come as any big surprise to anyone if things aren't working out.
0: Right. And that's the big thing. When it doesn't work out, when you actually have that final conversation of, hey, Robert, I've decided to let you go, right? And, you know, that should happen, like, in the first – or I'm going to ask for your resignation or whatever that conversation looks like. Yeah. Like when we get to that conversation, um, it shouldn't be a surprise. People should be like, yep, I've been missing, I've been missing this. You know, this role has outgrown me. Like we've tried, I felt supported by you. Um, I felt like I had the resources to succeed and I'm not cutting it. Like, that's right. You know, and they can leave in a dignified way. That's right.
1: Yeah. And if we've done our work of like, you know, having these conversations of shared expectations all along the way, you know, and it can be something like a three strikes and you're out kind of model, but it's really clear. It's just kind of like, okay, you said we were going to do this. This didn't happen again. So we're going to try this one more time. We're going to do what we can to build confidence around it. But we have a very clear metric. If it doesn't work out, it you know, we can really use objectivity here so it doesn't feel like oh I'm just making something out of reactivity or anything like that any things that get in the way of conflict into difficult conversations yep
0: so the goal of this recording is not to talk about how to have the conversation yeah to actually get the bow performer out as quickly as possible while maintaining the culture of the company like if you get disappointed just fire everybody then, then you got a culture of fear, and I've seen this so many times where people are surprised they got fired. They like the person, like very charismatic people um, can be low performers, but they're so charismatic that they get away with it for a long time. They're liked, they're adored. Wow, why did you let go of Chris? Um, and then everybody gets really scared. Yeah. You know, like... It should be really obvious to Chris that he's not performing. And even though he's liked, it's like, ideally, um, he's like, yeah, he's not performing. And we knew that for a while. And, you know, he's leaving with dignity. Um, And yeah, we're building a high performance organization and everybody needs to perform, but there should be no surprises.
1: Yeah.
0: If you're not performing, you should know it.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I think that's really good that's really the key to this working effectively is that you, we got to have consistent conversations and the, the leaders that do this well, it, nothing's left to a surprise because we're having consistent one-on-ones. And I work with a lot of my clients on like in their one-on-ones, make sure that you're, you know, having like a plus Delta conversation, meaning like in the Delta, like what could be changed, like find yeah. something critical and like, just for the sake of having that muscle available, so you can say something critical in every meeting, so that we're all on the same page, so that nothing insidiously gets, you know, swept under the rug.
0: Yep. Let's look at the kind of arc of hiring someone new. Um, and, you know, ensuring the right person in the role starts with hiring process, right? Starts with managing and setting expectations, and it goes from there. But when we look at the hiring process, right, it takes a couple months to hire someone, then, you know, minimum. Uh, especially for a high level player, it takes them a month or two to get into the role, to understand what for the sure. role is. And unfortunately in the startup realm, we often don't know the metrics for the role. Like we're not we haven't done this role before. It's growing. So that new person is oftentimes defining what the metrics will be because the CEO doesn't know, which is problematic. Right. So then they, you know, it takes two months let's say for them to define that. And that's a long time and then a couple months to realize that they're not performing right and then once you're not performing you have the, the difficult conversations and you got a couple months of that before you actually fire them so from the time you hire someone or start the search process to the time you let them go we're talking 9 months can be which, which startups can't afford right like right? so we need to increase the pressure of good hires we need to within a month have people be very clear about what they're driving towards. But in the next month, are they dry, Are they actually successful? Even if there's not, like, metrics, are they driving their projects and their initiatives forward and hitting their, their milestones, right? And if they're not, then we could have the difficult conversation. And if they're still not hitting their milestones, uh, you know, the earliest we could really move them out is about the three-month mark. And yeah. that, to me, is the goal, is, yeah. like, your low performers, you want them out within three months so you can hire someone better.
1: Yeah, yeah, and without having to worry about micromanaging and, you know, everything like that. It's Once again, it's clear expectations, clear commitments, and having the conversations right in alignment with that, these things. Mm-hmm.
0: Indeed. This is not easy stuff, Robert. It's really hard, and it's hard to know what performance looks like. Let me share a quick story. Um, so, um One of my clients hired a Uber executive, Uber, the company Uber, um, executive and, um, really well-respected individual, um, everything checked out and he, he joined this, this small startup and kind of nothing was happening in his department. And, uh, it was kind of amazing because at the nine month mark, there was simply, there was great brand recognition, but there weren't actual sales and marketing results. Yeah. And what we realized is we actually hired someone that was too senior. Right. This wasn't the get your hands dirty, you know, roll up your sleeves and get in there. the Person that was used to managing a 30 person team. Exactly. And he had two people and was failing miserably because he was staying too conceptual, too strategic, too big picture. He didn't have that scrappiness. Um, And you just look at the cost of that. Right. It was nine months that he was on in the role. Um, Everybody. He was super excited, and he was very charismatic, and so he, he, we gave him a lot of room to move, and it was just too much. Like, we need to set up outcomes early. We need to be managing towards those outcomes and giving really hard feedback yeah. and getting very clear um, when expectations are not met um, so that we could have the tough conversations earlier.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's a a good story, and I think we've all seen it uh, a lot of times in a lot of different places. You know, it, it the phrase "nipping things in the bud" is a discipline, yeah, and, and it's essential and something that we have to practice. So you know,
0: as we start to wrap up here, some of the key lessons learned are hire well, um, set up expectations clearly, yes, um, to then manage to those expectations and having the tough conversations. Like when you yes. need to like really step in to having the tough conversations and then have the really tough conversations where you kind of lay out the consequences if things yes. don't improve. Um, and then have the, the, the final conversation of like, wow, this isn't working. Like yes. we got to figure something else out, whether that means a transition to a new role or a transition out of this organization. Um, but and that's really what this is, is it's gearing up to this have this conversation as quickly as you can so that you can have the right people on your team.
1: Yeah, exactly. Very well
0: said. Wow, Robert. Um, it's amazing. You know, there's a lot packed in here. Um, and it's a simple, you know, the words are so simple, right? Ensure the right person is in the right role, moving or letting people go when it's the wrong fit. But the complexity of making that happen when you, there's not pattern recognition, when the role is not clearly defined, it really does take a lot of attention to make this happen.
1: Yeah, and the discipline can be fostered in making sure you're having the conversation every time there's a, an unmet commitment. Yep. You know, get into the practice of having difficult conversations, and it won't come as some sort of Herculean uh, endeavor that you avoid for too long. Mm-hmm. And if your
0: organization has several layers, and you have direct reports that have direct reports. Right. Like know that the lower down you are in the organization, the harder it is to have difficult conversations. These That's right. Folks that are less trained than you are. So you want to make sure that you're going through your directs, directs. like have them take you through a list of who their directs are, who are the high performers, who are the low performers, and support them in exactly. having those difficult conversations.
1: Exactly. Yep. It's like, hey, have you had that conversation with them yet? When are you going to do that? You know, really, you you know, that, that helps a lot (laughs) to be supported. Totally. And you got to babysit
0: these things like, because people generally will avoid the conversations because they're uncomfortable. And so, you know, you got to babysit your leaders and making sure that they have the conversations. Awesome. Thank you, Robert. Yeah. Thanks, Jason. This is really important work. We will uh, have another podcast on how to have the conversation um, when it does come time to set up consequences or to let someone go. Um, But the point of this recording was to make sure that you at least have the conversations um, to make sure that the right person is in the role that fits them best where they could succeed.
1: Yeah, good. I look forward to that.
0: To all the leaders out there, we hope this conversation has been helpful.